Now, um, I said we met at Rod's place and, uh, last week, and we were talking from a passage in Galatians chapter, chapter 5. And I'm actually going to repeat some of what I said, and then I'm going to go on to other places. So if you were here, you might feel like this is real repetitive. And if you happen to be, as Bruce was at my Bible study on Wednesday night, you're going to say, this is really, really repetitive. But that's, that's life. For you. <laughs> uh, reading from Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 to 3, I'm going to start with. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to you, every man who lets himself be circumcised, that he is required to obey the whole law. Now, that's a confronting thing right now, because I don't know how many of you sit around your kitchen table and talk about circumcision. Probably not a lot of you. And for you blokes, you you need to be glad to hear it's not going to happen this morning. So that's good. That's a, a sigh of relief. I will talk about it in a sense, and hopefully I'll make sense of this and, uh, and uh, excuse my sense of humour. Um, Paul says, Christ has set us free. And it's for freedom that he set us free. So God's, what he wants to do mostly for us, what he wants most for us as people is to be free. That's good, isn't it? Free. Because if we were to talk about what the church does, what the church is about, and look at church history, if you were to go and read a church history book of the last couple of thousand years, church making people free might not be what, the, might not be what you come up with. You might actually come up with the church making people a whole lot of slaves, actually, and giving them a whole lot of stuff that they can't keep up with. Freedom is not necessarily associated with the church. But God's intention from the beginning, was that his people would be free. Now, what does that freedom look like? Well, freedom in your mind, freedom in your heart, freedom in your life. Not, we're not talking, obviously we're not talking about freedom to do all sorts of stupid stuff and hurt people and sin and stuff like that. We're not talking about that. But we're talking about a freedom to live life to the full. And we want to live life to the full, don't we? And what, Jesus, uh, what, what Paul's saying is, Jesus has set you free. Stand firm in that. In other words, there's going to be a lot of things and probably those things will come through people who will want to put you under a yoke of slavery. They want to tie you down. And I'm going to talk about what they are in a minute. But what I want you to see first up is that you have been set free Firstly, from any guilt that has come from God. Um, uh, Rogues used the word wrath or wrath, anger, and uh, the thought that God would be angry with you about some sort of sin or something you've done, you're actually free from that. Because, three points, if you remember these three, you don't have to remember the rest of the service, but that's okay, these three. One thing to remember is this. Jesus has taken all of your sins. Okay? 
he has taken all of your sins. Now, I've just met Dave, but let's just say Dave's standing there holding the Bible and I come and take that Bible from him, right? How many Bibles does he have left? He has none. Zilch, okay? That's, we're talking simple terms here. If Jesus takes all of your sins, how many sins do you have left? None. So, in plain terms, if God could only be angry with you about sin and you have none left, how angry is he with you? He's not. Okay? It's all gone. It's a done deal. No, no guilt left, no sin. He's taken all of your sin. Now, let's just say I was to take this block of wood and give it to Dave. I'm giving him something back. That's what Jesus has done for us. He's taken all that sin and he's given us his, the word that the Bible uses is righteousness. It's perfection. He has taken everything that's bad about us and given us everything good that comes from him. Now, that's an awesome message because sometimes you, you can think, um, I hope I'm going to get better. I hope, hope I'm going to get to be a better person. I hope one day I'll reach a certain grade, perfection or something like that. And have you ever had a, a, some sort of habitual sin and lots of a struggle with lots of habitual sin and stuff? You think, when am I going to be over that? And, and you might think in the back of your mind, God will only accept me when I'm over that. And that'll be a terrible thing because God will never accept us because we've always got those things. What I'm saying to you, because of what Jesus has done through his death and resurrection on the cross, he has taken all of your sin, done deal, finished. He has given you his righteousness, done deal, finished. Isn't that good? And the third point is... He's never going to change his mind. He's not going to take it back. His promise is sure. It's done. He sealed it. Now, that's what it means when he says, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. There is nothing. This is for people who trust in Jesus Christ. But people who trust in Jesus Christ... There is nothing between you and God and there never will be. (laughs) Oh, got a question now. I heard it said the other day that the word righteousness can be said like right standing. Yep. Does that follow this? Yep. I guess, um, yeah, right standing, right relationship. God gives us back a right standing with him. Yep. Is that sort of there was, I was once at a, I once preached at a, a Baptist church and uh, this bloke came up to me afterwards. I didn't know him very well and, and he just came up to me and it was something quite random, I thought, because he's, he just came up to me and said, are we all good? I said, what do you mean? Have you got a problem with me? And I, No. <laughs> You sure? I said, yeah. That's good then. So we're all good. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's right standing. That's righteousness. Uh, You might, at times, especially when you've done something wrong, might feel like you could say to God, are we all good? And his answer is, yep, we're all good. It's all good. So how does that work despite the fact that I 
Well, we know that you do. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we've experienced it. Um, and whilst we might want to put guilt trips on you and tell them you're doing a bad job, Rob, um, what, because Jesus uh, has washed us completely and it's kind of like uh, the, the Holy Spirit keeps bringing again and again to us the work that Jesus has done and he keeps washing, sometimes even when we don't ask for it. <laughs> You know, it's it's not about us getting, it's not us getting right with God. It's us realizing that God is right with us, and so He He's He's washed us, and He goes on washing us. He's cleansed us. He's forgiven us, and He goes on forgiving us. If if we had to have this thing, and I, I remember years ago before I was a Christian, I had this thought: Jeff, I was about to die. I'd have to say, as in my dying breath, and I'm sorry for this, this, and this, and finish all the finish the account off. And then suddenly I, I come to the realisation when I really became a Christian that I had more than three or four things to confess at the end. There was probably about 60 million things I had to confess at the end and I'd never actually, I'd never die without having said sorry for all my sins. Uh, but that's okay because he's forgiven all my sins. Once and for all. Hopefully I answer your question there. Um... Okay, for freedom, Christ has set you free. Mark my words, I tell you, Paul, if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Okay, I want to give you the context of that and then hopefully I'll make sense of it for us. What had happened is there's this group of people who were a church, they were Christians, they'd heard Paul talk about Jesus and they believed. And they were really happy that they believed. They, they'd never... They hadn't been from a religious culture. They hadn't been from Jewish culture. They, they didn't know anything about all the laws. Jews had lots of laws, just like churches often have lots of laws. They didn't know anything about that. So they just believed in Jesus and they were happy. But then some religious people came and they said, what, you're not circumcised? Do you know, yeah, you need Jesus, but you need to be circumcised too. And um, immediately that's like, Oh, do we? I thought we didn't need to. Well, maybe we do. Doubt. Doubt's first thing. And then fear. What if God's not going to accept me? I'm going to be in trouble. And then condemnation. I'm stuffed. God's not happy with me. Do you see that little journey that you go on? Now, I doubt that any of you have thought about circumcision in that way today, before I mentioned it. Anyway, um, but you see, what happens to us is in our lives, we get stuff that sort of appears that says, you need Jesus, yes, and you need this. You need Jesus and you need to attend church regularly to go to heaven, to be right with God. Or you need Jesus and you need to be baptised. And not only be baptised in a certain sort of way, thank you very much. I'll tell you the right sort of way. And if you're not baptised like that, you're not really a Christian. Or you need Jesus and you actually need to obey all of his laws. Or you need Jesus and you need to meet together on a certain day of the week. Maybe it's not a Sunday, it could be a Saturday. Or you need Jesus and you need to blah, blah, blah. Put it in there. Lots of religious laws. You've all heard those before, haven't you? 
Some people say you've got to speak in tongues or something like that. And, and you've got to know Jesus. But all, what Paul had said is, stand firm, Christ has set you free. You don't need anything else but him. Don't pick up some other religion. Otherwise you might have gone circumcised yourself. And that's bad. Or, now that, that's easy for us to understand and maybe a little bit distant from us. But actually, there's something, I learned something from my wife. I'm not a very good learner, but I learned something from her. She was speaking at a conference some time ago. And she said in it something which I thought was plain weird because I don't understand how women think. And um, she said something like, when I put on weight, she was talking about herself, I feel unacceptable. And I thought, I can understand that. And then she said, and when I feel unacceptable, I actually feel unacceptable to God. And I thought, I don't get that. But I had to think about it a lot. And and I, I come to the conclusion that there's a whole lot of things in our lives not necessarily weight. Some, some people struggle with that. Some people struggle with other stuff which make us feel inadequate. A failure. A, a not good enough. Yep, I'm not good enough for God. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be my hairstyle, which is pretty good, and it less. Yep, you're liking it. But, well, my lack of hair makes me feel inadequate. But what I'm saying is each of us has this thing which is kind of our own little law. And when we feel inadequate, what we're actually saying in our hearts is, God's not going to accept us either when I'm like this. I'm just not good enough for him either. Have I made sense to you there? Where do you, what is that thing that, you, that makes you feel like you're not good enough? Because what Paul is saying here is, don't do it. Don't let that thing drag you down because that little law will kill you. <laughs> it's, it, what it's saying is you need Jesus and you need to lose as much weight. You need Jesus and you need to be this charismatic or you need to be whatever, this good, whatever, you, whatever it is that makes you feel inadequate. And he's saying, no, you don't need it. Because you see, what that little thing does is it causes, firstly, doubt. Secondly, fear. Thirdly, condemnation. And all you need is Jesus. And when you've got him, you will be free. Completely free. Have you got any questions on that? Because that's really, it's a big point. Isn't it good to know this? The God who made you and made the whole world wants you to live in the fullness of life. That's what he wants most for you. Right? He's not wanting you to come to church so you can become his servant so he can have a, a Christian factory where he produces stuff and blah, 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 blah. He doesn't want you as a worker. Actually, when he saves us, he actually saves us to be his children. And if you've had children and some of you have got children, you'd know that you don't raise your children as workers to work in your house to do all your stuff. You raise them as children you love because you want what's best for them. And you actually work really hard for what's best for them. And God the Father 
is working really hard for what's best for you. You'd also know if you've had children that when you see them pick up some stupid habit that's actually going to hurt them, you want most to get rid of that habit. And what God is saying here through Paul's words is, you see that way of thinking you've got where you have doubts, fears, then you think you're not good enough for God and inadequacies and stuff? Get rid of that. I don't want that in your life because that is not who I made you to be. I wanted to live in the full freedom right now. Does that make sense? So he said, stand firm in it. Otherwise, stand firm means it's going to come at you and it's going to try and knock you off the feet. So stand firm. Remembering those three things I told you at the start. Sins are gone. All the inadequacies, he's gone. Jesus has done it. He's given you his perfection and he's not going to change. Stand firm in that and then you'll be able to face up to what um, comes. Because... I think um, in, in another passage, uh, what he says this is, is in Romans 1. I'm not going to read the whole lot, but he's pretty angry actually with the group of people who have come and t- given another message than you just need Jesus. He's actually really angry. Is that fair? What are you doing Galatians 1, mate? Not Romans 1. You said Romans. Did I? Yeah. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 6. I don't think I've ever got anything wrong before. <laughs> See, it's good. Jody's not here with me today. So, so I'm perfect today. I'm astonished, which could be said, I'm, I'm, I'm friggin' angry, that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by grace. That means I called you by gift, by the gift of, of coming to know Jesus, and you've turned to something else. You've turned to a different gospel, which is gospel, word gospel means good news. He's saying you're turning to another one which is no gospel at all, which is no good news at all. In other words, it's bad news. I've given you some good news and you've turned away from it. You've turned to bad news. And I'm actually, I'm not happy about that. If evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion. In other words, there are some people who are taking you on a guilt trip. They are trying to make you feel miserable. or Often people do it to try and control you. You see, it's a great thing to be able to try and control somebody. If I can control you, the, way I, the best way to control people is to make them feel guilty. So if I can just get up here now and make you all feel guilty, I can say, and now give me some money, people. Oh, do you know, do, I, I'm being a bit flippant there, but that's what people do. If you can get people feeling doubts, fears, accusations, that, in that guilt, you can control their lives. In a whole lot of ways. Okay? And some people have been doing this with the bad news. Now, if you just go down, it, um, oh. verse 9, it says, As I've already said, so now I'll say it again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel that is that other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. In other words, if someone comes and tries to make you guilty, there's actually condemnation on the line for them. Because God's not happy with that. Because what does God want? You to be free. And he says, am I now trying to approve, uh, to win the approval of men or of God? Now that is a very telling thing. Because what we can want to do in our lives, the thing that gives us so much of these laws, is trying to meet the approval of men. 
I want people to like me. I want to be a people pleaser. And if I find that PJ doesn't like me anymore, I'm destroyed by that. That really upsets me. And so what I want to do, I want to change something in myself to make myself likeable. I want to to work hard because I've got doubts, fears, condemnation. And he's saying, am I trying to get approved by men? That's, I, I want the approval of God. And through Jesus, I already have that. Can you understand that? I, I want to tell you that one day, you'll come face to face with God. People call it judgment day. When you do, you won't be saying, you won't have in your mind, I wonder what my friend back in Deer and Bandy thinks of me now. There'll only be one thing in your mind, right? What does God think of me now? Yeah? And if he is saying, we're all good, it's going to be a good day for you. Yeah? And if, they, if everybody else in the world hates you and God says, I'm good with you, you've got a good future. Can you understand what I'm saying? The approval of men is actually, we, we spend so much of our thoughts and so much of it ends up in slavery and lack of freedom. Must have been an important point to have sort of something like that happen, mustn't it? I'm actually going to stop talking because I don't want to bore you, but I, I, I simply want you to hear this, right? God's saying, stand firm in the freedom I've given you through Jesus. Don't live miserable lives when you don't have to. Because if you can live every day in that freedom where you are comfortable in your own skin, comfortable not caring what other people think of you, comfortable knowing that everything is good between you and God, the freedom will overflow from your life and cause you to live in good relationships. You'll just be able to love people. You'll be able to care for people. You won't have to worry all the time, what, what's so-and-so thinking of me? How good am I today? You, you, you'll actually be free. You can see what I mean? It'll actually free up your behaviour to just have a really great life. Because for freedom, Christ has set you free. Now, if you are someone who's saying, I don't know if I've ever trusted in Jesus, um, how do I do that? Well, I'd encourage you to just go home and talk to him and say, I want to trust in you. Because he is there and he can be known. So go and just talk to him. Don't, uh, and you know what? After that, then we're going to have to baptise you, uh, get you certain law books and all that sort of I'm joking, right? What I'm saying is, if you know Jesus, if you put your trust in Jesus, you've got everything already. You don't need a religion and a set of laws to hold you down. You just need Jesus. I'm going to pray. Father, I want to thank you for what you've done for us in taking our sins. Thank you that you sent the Son and for the way that he, he was punished for our sins, that he took the pain that we deserved so that we could be set free. I want to thank you for that. And we want to thank you for the gift of righteousness that you've given to us. That you say, when we believe in Jesus, we've got it all. And we especially want to thank you for the promise that you've made us that you're not going to change.
that you've loved us with an everlasting love. That you're not going to abandon us. That you're not embarrassed about us. That you're not sick of us and you never will be. But that you love us as children. Father, we want to thank you for those promises. And I want to pray for uh, those who are here today. Just that you would set them free to live in the fullness of life. To live in joy and peace that comes from you. And from knowing that all's good because Jesus has made us right with you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.